Kuriyom, and welcome to Live Vedanta, Parenting Culture, a podcast series that explores how we can apply Vedanta, the science of happiness, towards all our relationships. This podcast is for all caregivers who want to nurture relationships. So this applies to all parents, parents-to-be, teachers, uncles and aunts, and grandparents. The content for the upcoming episodes are from the weekly parenting culture community, and specifically the discourses by Sri Vivek Gupta, the spiritual guide of Chinmay Mission Niagara. If you've discovered this podcast independently, please check out the show notes for details on how to join this virtual community of caregivers. It's now time to listen and learn. Hariyom, and greetings from Niagara Falls. This past weekend, I was in Cleveland, and yesterday morning, a really dynamic part of the Cleveland community had come to have breakfast with me. Dynamic in the sense that he has contributed so much to the Cleveland community and beyond. And as we were having breakfast, he had asked me, because he knows I work with parents and people who are recently married and our college students and so on. He had asked me, what do you think the biggest problem with society is right now in terms of those who are younger? How would you answer that question? In the chat, what is the biggest problem with society with people who are younger like ourselves? Be specific. <laughs> Don't care to vote, sure. Distraction, disconnection. Mm-hmm. What I shared with him, and I think all of you are right, I think I'm right also, I shared with him is that everyone is operating from the short term. Their decisions are based on that, their words are based on that. The short term in Sanskrit is defined as preya, the path of least resistance. And we know that we succumb to this too because we procrastinate in terms of exercise, in terms of tidying up, in terms of self-development. And finally, I shared with him and I'm sharing with us the short term the path of least resistance, procrastination, really what this indicates is that we are, please share in the chat, it's a short word. (laughs) We are, (laughs) infinite is good, but lazy (laughs) is more accurate. We are lazy. And to zoom into this more, later that day, a young couple had come to the home I was staying at. And they were discussing with me about parenting. They don't have any children right now. But they were asking me, what is the challenge that you see with you being a parent and those around you? And I had shared that parents almost are constantly tired, physically, mentally, intellectually. And when we're tired, what do we do? We do that which is comfortable. 
in terms of screens, in terms of appeasement, and then that gets spread to our children. And when children are given comfort that they don't need, that weakens them. It makes them dependent on that comfort. I'm sharing this with all of you because you, like myself, we know that caregiving is demanding. Whether you're recently married or you've adopted a child, caregiving is demanding. And when that which is demanding comes to us, we do have the option to be complacent. And we tend to do that in terms of being lazy or comfortable. But that's not healthy. It's not healthy for us. It's not healthy for anyone we're giving care to. Which is why what we do together, we started in April, we're continuing now, is parenting with a purpose, because purpose pulls performance. When we have a deeper purpose to caregiving, then we will be able to pull more energy, enthusiasm, empathy. I am intentionally welcoming all that I've never met before. There's lots that are joining us that I've never met before. And I welcome all of you to our parenting culture community. What do we do? We try to find purpose. And how are we doing that? In our tradition, the foundation for how we think and speak and act is the Veda. The Veda has two subjects. The initial subject is dharma, which teaches us, guides us on how to be successful. By a show of hands, if all of us were to die tonight, how many of you would describe yourself as having lived a successful life by show of hands? Okay. See, in terms of success, how do we know what success is? Success tends to be measured. It's material. And so all of us, whether we have a relationship with the Veda or not, we can become successful. And many of us are successful. So the initial subject is how to be successful, but the advanced subject, teaching guidance of the Veda, is how to be peaceful. Now I'm putting it out to all of you again. If all of us were to die tonight, how many of you would describe yourself as peaceful? far less hands, correct? See, you can't be exposed to how to be peaceful randomly. And that's why very few of us have our hands up. Now, in terms of 
experiencing the Veda, the context for this is often unrelatable for us. Living in the ashram, learning in Sanskrit, etc. It's unrelatable to us. And if it's unrelatable, then we don't feel it's as real. We don't personalize this. And because of that, we're not transformed by this. And so the Veda has become more relatable through Bhagavad Gita. The Bhagavad Gita is most relatable. For all of you who have some notion of the Bhagavad Gita, what is the context of the Bhagavad Gita? Please share in the chat. Where is the Bhagavad Gita happening? It's happening in a war zone. Isn't that your home right now, a war zone? <laughs> in terms of meals, in terms of cleanliness, see how relatable it is. So it becomes more real, it becomes more personal. The Bhagavad Gita is a direct teaching, a direct guidance. And what is that for us? That the purpose of caregiving, the purpose of parenting, is to convert values into virtues. Last night, in our mentorship sangha workshop, we had two couples who were speaking about their experience as being a couples, as being a parent. And they were sharing how being married, being a parent, was a spectacular opportunity to practice self-development. That their partner is a self-development coach that is free. <laughs> <laughs> And I've shared this in a very casual sense as following your own advice. If every one of us followed our own advice, I'm sure we would be enlightened. We would be independently joyous. Sharing this in one more way, it is the virtuous who are joyous. What is the best way to care for an, another? What is the best way to be a parent? Is for the person you're caring for to be happy. But you can only share what you have. If you're not cheerful, you cannot share that with others. It is the virtuous who are joyous. They are the ones who care in an efficient and effective way. This is what Sri Krishna shares with Prince Arjuna, that these 20 values, if you practice them, they will become your virtues and you will be like me. You will become like Sri Krishna. These 20 values from the Bhagavad Gita have been shared with you. Our team has worked hard and smart to reflect on these values and process them in such a way 
that they relate to caregiving. And last week I'd shared with all of you, these are prerequisites to parenting. See, if you want to be a parent, you don't need to do anything. It's a very biological matter. But if you want to be a cheerful parent, a spiritual parent, and these are pre prerequisite. And for a person like me, I don't have these virtues. It's too bad. But this is the position I'm in right now. So now I have an opportunity to make these my requisites. That these describe me. And so we commence. We flow into these 20 values. By show of hands, how many of you did read <laughs> the book that our team prepared by show of hands. Good. Some of you have, but now I've emphasized it a lot. Please make sure you're reading this, and they will speak to this soon too. The first value is amanitva. Amanitva. Say it back to me. Amanitva. One more time, Balivar students. Amanitva. Amanitva. Good. In English, this means humility. Humility. Now reflect on this. So often, humility is in reference to a seeker. Why do you think humility is a prerequisite to be a cheerful parent? Again, please share in the chat. Though this is a discourse, but it can be a reflective discourse. What holds us back the most from being cheerful and spiritual is our ego. That was shared in the workshop yesterday. When egos are flaring, nothing goes well. When egos are extinguished, there's nothing that can go wrong. Elaborating upon this, the word mana means pride. A similar sounding word, abhimana. The one who depends on pride is one who is conceited, one who is egotistical. And those who have abhimana, they depend on their pride then it is easy to do what to them? Apamana, which means to offend them, to insult them. How beautiful Sanskrit is. Mana, abhimana, apamana. Now, before I continue, in English, how many of you feel comfortable with Sanskrit by show of hands? Okay. Those who don't have their hands up, Please do not focus on the Sanskrit or terminology. Focus on the import, on the philosophy. Why I share these Sanskrit details, number one, it's my personality type. I love Sanskrit. The second reason is just to show you how philosophical our traditions and culture and religion is. It is all about vision. 
how this feels for us, this mana, which means pride, abhimana, depending on pride, apamana, the one who is easily offendable, how this feels to us as caregivers is the sense of doership. When you feel you are the doer, what comes from that is you also feel you are the controller. How many of you have a controlling personality by a show of hands? <laughs> Almost everyone. How many of you micromanaged the people in your home today by a show of hands? How many of you were micromanaged <laughs> by the people in your home today? <laughs> See how, um, how accurate this is. Sometimes when I speak about doership in meaningful mornings, then people may not relate to that. But when I zoom into, you know you're a doer when you're a controller, you know you're a controller when you micromanage, all of a sudden this becomes more relatable, correct? Okay. I'll share this in one more way. If there's doership, what else is coming with that? Deservership. I do this, so I deserve this. What bothers you <coughs> the most about the people in your home? What do they do that bothers you the most? Please share. And this will be awesome because many families are studying together right now. <laughs> What bothers you the most about the people you care for at home, particularly your children? They waste time. They take you for granted. They take everything for granted. Mm -hmm. You're being very specific, which I appreciate. If I can generalize this, and I think about this all the time, is obedience. You told them to do this, but they don't do it, correct? Whether it's being on the phone or going to sleep early or not fighting with a sibling. Deservership is felt as they should obey me. Do you feel that way at work, that people should obey you? <laughs> do you feel that way about the government, <laughs> that the government should obey you? <laughs> so doership and deservership are strong in our personalities, and that shows that we have mana. And that's why Sri Krishna is teaching us, he being the original parent of all of us, to practice amanitva, which means humility. How can we do this? The higher perspective here is to be reflective, self-reflective, on your own vasanas or prints. Every one of us has a distinct personality. And if you grew up with siblings in this, the same context, but you still have a distinct personality, why is that? And the same goes if you have more than one child, that though you raise them in the same context, they have distinct personalities. My older sister and younger sister and I are so different from each other. And our context was highly similar. It is because of vasanas or prints 
that there were previous parents and previous parents and previous parents. So now reflect, who's the doer? Are you the doer? Or were there dozens, hundreds, thousands, millions of other doers or contributors to the personality of your child? And when you're self-reflective of that, then one is more at ease. One doesn't control as much because you know control doesn't work. The lower perspective to this, if we think of obedience, obedience comes from the sense of feeling that you need to be respected, that you should be respected. Can respect be commanded? Can respect be demanded? Respect can only be earned, as you're sharing in the chat. That is the only way real respect can be felt. It is earned. If one respects another, then that really means one is accepting of others. If I come into your home, and start to force change you, that shows I don't respect who you are, correct? But respect is accepting one. And the more respect you offer, the more respect you receive. How many of you agree with that? All of you do. It's earned. My final thoughts before we begin our dynamics. There is no parent that is joining us right now, no caregiver that is joining us right now that is perfect. And if you think you are, that's mana. <laughs> Abhimana, apamana, all derivations. None of us are perfect, which means that we've all made mistakes, are making mistakes, will make mistakes. And what to do with our lack of perfection, what to do with our mistakes, evolve, grow from them, grow up from them. It is by evolving that you forgive yourself. I found one of the hardest experiences of being a parent is being hard on oneself, not forgiving oneself. But if you learn from that, grow from that, that is you and you engaging in self-forgiveness. And I know that there's many who, when they're in any sort of parenting forum, they feel bad about what kind of parent they were or are. And I'm encouraging you, do not feel bad unless you your feeling bad helps you to be good. Correct? It's like if I'm angry at how society is working, that anger has to translate into action or that anger doesn't help. So evolve. That's for yourself. That's a form of self-forgiveness. And naturally, that imperfection and mistake is directed towards others, parents, siblings, children, etc. So if you've made a mistake, what should you, sh what should you say? I'm sorry. Ask for 
forgive me. Say you're sorry. Buddha Swami Tejamayananda repeated this many, many, many times that a simple way to diffuse, a simple way to prevent the heat that happens in relationships is just sharing, I'm sorry. And I assure you that the one that you have hurt, the one that you have offended, etc., they will feel closer to you. You will sink, S-Y-N-C, early. The first value to be converted, amanitva. In English, humility. And now we've reflected on many ways to do so. Want to join Parenting Culture Live? Good news, we have the information on how you can attend in the show notes. For those on the journey of self-development, Chinmay Mission Niagara provides a community forum to listen, reflect, and contemplate. And this podcast is produced by Evolving Adults of Chinmay Mission, an international nonprofit working to transform individuals through the knowledge of Vedanta. For more updates on what's happening in the Chinmay Mission Niagara community, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at CM Niagara. But until next time, inspire, love, be.